Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Pancakes on Sunday. You know, the whole fam is here. Just the normal crew. But, uh, yeah, we're here for your weekly episode. And we had a good sports episode last weekend. Go check that out. Um, and, yeah, I mean, we'll just kick right off. How was everyone's weekend? Weekend was amazing. Well, I mean, I worked Saturday, but I mean, it was all right. I mean, yeah, it happens. Did you got to do. <laughs> Golf was awesome today. Yes. Yeah, we, we played amazing. Yeah. We played really well. We did. We did. I'm sunburned <clears throat> as tits, though, dude. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> uh, we hinted at a little bit on the sports episode, but we played a Pancakes on Sunday scramble against uh, Chelsea's brother, Noah, and he was in the Theracakes episode, one of our past episodes. And, I mean, he's a really good golfer. He would golf. I mean, he would, talked about it, but he would golf like three, four days a week, and he mm -hmm. was really good and scratch golfer. And we scrambled him, and we it was a close game. It was like... Back and forth for the first nine, and then it, it was, was really towards the end where we kind of steadied out. But yep. I mean, it choked a little bit. I'm not going to say. To describe a scramble, I guess for people that don't really know. Mm. So me, um, the Pancakes on Sunday crew, and we we hit the ball. Every single one of us hits the ball, and then we hit from the best shot, and then we keep doing that until we make it. My brother played by himself. So it was a four-man scramble against a uh, single dude. Yeah. It was fun. It was. It was, it was a good, a good time. time. Yeah. I, yeah. I enjoyed myself. That was, that was phenomenal. Yeah. I, found my, I found my shots and stuff. We did. We did. 82, 85. We did. <laughs> we did. Proud of you guys. Yeah. Go team. Yeah. <laughs> Go team POS. 70. Go pass. Go pass. <laughs> <laughs> we went out and practiced Friday night. We yeah. went and hit the range and yep. went out and practiced Friday night. Took some advice from my friend Kyle. Yeah. Kyle yeah. was on Tuesday's episode. See, you guys know everybody now. Right. They're getting all the names. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hit a bunch of balls, working on the chips, working on the drives, tweaking some things, and mm. it's coming together for, for us. Yeah. Yeah. We okay. just practice scrambles and then just go out there and just rock tournaments. We should do that. We should try and get into a scramble this summer. We should. I think it'd be fun. Next time we go out, let's play a scramble. Just let's, you know, a, no, I mean, like, actually, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But yeah. we should try and look into find, like, a scramble that we can that play and, like, get into it. Yeah. That'd it be might be, I mean, if you think about it, if we're just playing practice, like, today we were playing against somebody. Like, we're, we're. Right. I think we were if, I think if it wasn't, yeah, if it wasn't for the challenge and we were just going out there and practicing and trying to shoot well, I mean, yeah. I. I probably, yeah, I got nerves. You right. know? <laughs> it's intimidating when when Noah steps up and drills at three hundred fucking yards, dude, straight up the center. Monster, and, dude. <laughs> yeah. Piss and it's just like, oh shit. Well, hmm. but it was I right. was lightweight nervous. <laughs> yes, you were. You were. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, you just gotta go out there and have fun with it. Don't even think about yeah. it that way. You know, just. Well, that's what Call I did. Call shoot. Yeah. Yeah. After, yeah. I, after I threw the club, I think I was fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Almost taking my head off, too, by hole the way. Hole two. <laughs> hole two. Yeah. We're coming up to hole one, and uh, teeing off to hole two, and Ryan's in my cart, and Ryan, Chelsea hits a ball and wasn't happy, and <laughs> Ryan's just like, I bet you by hole eight, she throws a club. And sure enough, hole two, <laughs> tops a ball and chucks a club behind her. Yep. But chucks it where she holds on to it too long, and it goes behind her and almost hits somebody in the head. But, you know. Yeah, yeah. what are you going to do? I didn't get hit, so it's whatever, you know? But after that, she took the anger, and her next drive was beautiful. Hell yeah, it was. Yeah, Hell yeah. Get it. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. That one part three, too. Yeah. Yeah. That was dope. That, yeah. was good, that was a good shot. Oh, yeah. Sweet. I like the, uh, was it hole eight? No, not hole eight. The last hole on the front nine yeah. where I used my wood. Yeah. <sighs> Cranked it. Dude, my woods were on point today. 
<laughs> your irons too. Yeah, like 150 yeah, yards yeah. out, and you're yeah. just knocking yeah. them on you the green. Really I mean, it was there were long putts, but at least you're on. You're dancing. Right. Right. That's fine. We're, we're getting there. Yeah, I'm pumped now. I'm pumped for Wednesday for for fucking. My golf league. Do you play scramble then too? Yeah, I'm. Oh, I'm going wearing my, my mullet, t- my mullet shirt, and my pit vipers. <laughs> They're gonna be so <laughs> fucked on Wednesday. You can't forget your visor, bro. No, no visor. I'm gonna be business. Oh man. Strictly business. It's okay. <laughs> They're gonna see me coming. and They'll be shaking in their boots. Oh. <clears throat> I almost want to record Back. you. It's just <laughs> put a GoPro on your cart and aim it towards wherever you're shooting. And just yeah. your stare downs and your right. swings like, and everything else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> or you go up there and just shit the bed. Hopefully I don't. But Hopefully I don't. I have high hopes for you. Right after after today and after yeah. for, uh, you know what what the advice Kyle gave me on Friday, we'll be all right. And keep playing. I mean we're playing again Thursday. Yeah. Playing yep. nine Thursday yep. already. So yep. just gotta keep it going. Just keep practicing. Yeah, dude. Shout out to my sister too, man. Uh, Saturday was her graduation at. Lakeland, she graduated nursing school, so she is an she she will become an RN. She has to still take her NCLEX, which is the national uh, nursing <coughs> examination. But it's been a rough. It's a two year program, and man, it's probably one of the toughest programs I've ever seen uh, exist or anybody go through. And you know, she's got a family. She's got a husband and two kids, eight and three. So, or about to be three. So she. She's got her hands full, but I wouldn't have expected anything different from her. Um, I wanted to shout out to her and say how proud I am of her. Um, and now you didn't go to the whole ceremony; you just went to the nursing ceremony. Yeah, golf clap. Golf clap. Golf clap. Yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations yeah, no, for I her. did not go to the nurse or the the ceremony itself because we had to watch Amelia because she couldn't have sat through right, right, yeah. eight hours of stuff so we she did aurora sit through did she she did wow yeah so we went to uh, how long was it so the actual actual graduation was from 10 to noon and then there was a little bit of a break for lunch and then from two to four but they were there all day right 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 so that's a long that's a very long day yes yeah so we went there towards the end of the ceremony it was a warm it was warm yesterday too it was it was the tent that we were under though they made it was outside it wasn't too bad bad. it was a little toasty that's good kind of like this law i didn't know that they wear their (laughs) that's about it their scrubs Right? Is that right? So the traditionally uh, they wear white scrubs. White scrubs I didn't know they did the that pinning. for the ceremony. That's yeah, good. that was actually pretty pinning. cool to see. Yeah, that. it looked really when they cool. get pinned. Yeah. yeah. Do they have a gown for the actual other? Yeah. Okay. The ceremony they have an actual gown yeah. with their own. Yeah, they change the scrubs before the pinning. That's pretty cool. Right. Yeah. But the the girl that got up there, uh, she was actually in Cheyenne's program. Her name is Tia. She did a phenomenal job at a speech. She just went through um, and kind of recapped the the last couple of years with her with her peers, her student peers, and it was really good. Yeah. You know, it got me in my feels. Was Cheyenne working with any of the people that she was in the program with? Uh, I don't believe so, no. Um, sh- there were people that I know that were in the other days program that she, she was nights and weekends because that worked for her and Andy. But there were other so there were other students in the other days program that I think she might have worked with in the past. But Cheyenne went PRN during her nursing school because there was she said there was no way that she yeah. would be able to work full so time. Is she is this is, is she gonna continue 
And advance more, or is this going to be it for her? Yes. Yeah? So <clears throat> with you, you can't just be an RN anymore. You actually have to go back and get your BSN, which okay. is a Bachelor of uh, Science in Nursing. Oh, wow. You have to do that. So spring of next year, her plan is to go back and get her BSN. She found a uh, program um, out in Akron that was about nine months long, I think is mm. what she said. So it's a little bit of a... What kind... I, I don't know if this is a dumb question, but what kind of a nurse is she going to be? So she's actually going to be working the cardiothoracic ICU intensive care unit. And she starts and that in July. Yep. Yeah. So she went. Wow. So she's been in the. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. She's, she's all in. Shit. She's all in. Yeah. What yeah. hospital is this at? Uh, Hillcrest. Oh, wow. Right there yep. in Mayfield. Yep. Wow. She got offered a job probably about three or four months ago. Good for her. Yep. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Upon That's her completing awesome. her on clock, she's got a job lined up. For Hell her. yeah. So she's pretty excited about oh, that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good for her. So, yeah. Now, when she's doing it, like, she was, like, I ran into her at Jaga. And mm-hmm. she was now she was working, but I'm assuming that's for school. Yeah. <laughs> how does she get paid for that? Does she get paid? So. How does that? Yeah. How does that work? So that's nuts. for your clinicals, you don't get paid. If you're if you're doing clinicals are a part of your program. They are strictly you go in to get experience. Right. You're on. Go for right. Hands on. Hands on. Yeah. yeah. And it's been really fucked up because COVID. There was a lot of shit virtual. Right. And Cheyenne's been in the field long enough to know, like, the difference between the two. She worked at a, ho- at a nursing home for a long time. Yeah. And then she jumped over to Jaga Hospital. So she really is, really like, involved in the hospital community. Mm-hmm. But she works as an aide there, too. So she does some STNA work where she'll, you know, she can draw blood and she can help uh, mm-hmm. take care of the people, give them baths, feed them, stuff like that. Okay. Uh, she sits with people who are mentally ill if they're, um, like, a, they're called sitter cases, where if they're not, um, if they're kind of like a high risk mm-hmm. for maybe suicide, then she could sit with them. And yeah. then she was working the front desk for a while, kind of just coordinating <clears throat> floors. Yeah. Making sure things were running smoothly. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Good for yeah. her. I couldn't do that type of work. I no way in hell. Good for her. Nope. That's Not me. No, man. No, I don't do puke. I don't do saliva. I don't do that. I can barely deal with a fart, let alone <laughs> fucking puke, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's for real. Yeah, yeah you're, you're still a plumber. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but he's not that kind of plumber anymore. True. I'm construction mainly, but so. Right. Yeah, dude. Wow. So, shout out to Cheyenne. You're you're awesome, dude. Um, I said in your help that. Woo! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I said in your wedding, uh, when I was your uh, maid of honor, that your perseverance describes you and Andy, and that will continue to be true. Um, and so. Uh, I think that was it for the weekend, right, guys? I think Is so. That pretty much our recap. My yeah. dad's body shop burned down. Oh, that was pretty wild. Yeah, that was intense. Some Cleveland news. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fucking fire started at one o'clock. Dude was welding the car. Went to go take lunch. Next thing you know, the whole shop's on fire and done. Dude. Yeah. Wild. Fucking. Crazy. My brother had asked you what your dad planned on doing, and I I didn't hear that mm-hmm. part today. What What's the plan? Uh, well, basically that building that burned down that was going to be the new body shop. <clears throat> so the old shop that they used to work in is still there. So they're just going to go back into that shop. But the thing that sucks is all their tools are gone. All of them. Everything got burnt. Yeah. It's all gone. I don't know how long it's going to take to replace all those tools. Right. But yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be yeah. rough. Oh, yeah. Shoot. Oh, yeah. I'm just happy everybody's all right. You know? Same. That's, yeah. Absolutely. 
That's the most important part yeah. of all that. He was talking about the Jeep and stuff. I'm like, as long as you're right, that's all that matters. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, it could have been way worse. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, Actually, real, real, yeah. I want to, I want to shout out a local, local restaurant because I took, took the lady out for her birthday dinner last night. Yeah. And, sounded, yeah, that sounded really good. And she wanted steak, so I took her to, I, it was a, it was a steakhouse, but it was, had a unique twist to it. <clears throat> um, it was called the farm, the butcher, the chef, and you walk in, and there is a bunch of tables, but you walk up to a counter. And the menu's on a giant, like, map screen. Mm-hmm. And that's what the menu is. They have a couple appetizers, the steaks of the day, and then, like, I think they had a pork chop and they didn't have a burger or something like that. And you just, you go up and you tell them what you want, they give you a number, and you go, you serve yourself for drinks. There was wine bottles on the wall with a corker, there was a soda fountain, and there was a little beer cooler. It had a couple seltzers and some beer, different That's beers really and stuff cool. like that. Mm-hmm. And it was like honor that. system that way. And mm-hmm. and then you just you help yourself, go mm-hmm. to the table, they bring your food out to you. And when you're done, you go up, take your number up to the counter, and you tell them what you drank, and That's you that. pay, and that's it. That's kind of cool. Does the I menu like change all the time, or is it yeah, the Yeah, it, it does change. Sweet. The appetizer and stuff changes, and it just depends on what the steak and stuff. The steaks, I mean, the, it was... It's steakhouse. I mean, that's yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, it was like char grilled. Like, and you can see the way it's set up is you walk right in, and there's like a full case, glass case with all the cuts and stuff in it, and so you can see what you're getting. And they, they right behind them is the kitchen, and the table surrounds. And mm-hmm. where we were sitting, you could see like them grilling and everything else, yeah. and seasoning, and on that. Oh, dude, and it was. So crispy and charred on the outside, but the inside was still a perfect nice. medium rare. Oh, like, yeah. perfect. It was... La, 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 la. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I told oh, Corey yeah. ever since I heard you talking today about taking her to a steakhouse, I couldn't stop thinking of going to a steakhouse. <laughs> we, there's a place over off of 91 and River Road. I think it's called Crew or Cork or something like that. Okay. I what? did see that one, but they have a lot of seafood, and Kenzie's not big okay. into seafood. So, but this place, I mean, looking at their menu, yeah. it was they had a pork chop, they had a burger, yeah, and then a bunch of different cuts of steak, and then some appetizers. Right. That was, but that was it. Right. That was it. So, yeah. I mean, we we went for the steak. Oh yeah. So. Oh yeah. And it was so fucking good. Oh yeah. Sounds it was. Good. They are, we we got potato skins. <clears throat> Oh and yeah, you can't go wrong. The, the best yeah. serving method I've ever seen for potato skins. They take a giant scoop of sour cream and smear it over the bottom and just drop the potato skins on top. Oh hell yeah! And it was like That's you're not, you're not yes. getting like a little fucking cup. You're no right. like a giant glob yeah. smeared on the plate and just the potato skins sitting there so it. they don't slide around. They're just boom. Yeah, nice. that was super. And it was like yeah, it was like fuck yeah, it's, it's perfect because you're you don't like the big bites. You glop up a bunch right. of sour cream. Right. Yeah, and so they give you like a, a, a little a little cup. shit cup of <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Little little got dollop like one, of sour cream. Right. Yeah. Got like one scoop in there. Yeah, so I like oh, I wanna yeah. shout them out. They're out in Austin, Austinburg, Austinburg, Ohio. It's kind of out by Ashtabula. Aust yeah. Yeah. Somewhere out there. And right off of ninety, ninety to forty five, and it's right off like five minutes from there. Not even. Oh yeah, dude. Really cool looking place and cool setup and I'll give them a shout out. That was delicious. It sounds yes. like a cool uh, place. Sweet. I'd be t- I'd be tempted to go check it out. For sure. Yeah. Maybe one day after. That's a that's a pinkies up. I mean, 
granted, we I, we happened to pick the most probably the most expensive bottle of wine too. Sure. Yeah. But you know, it was, I'll get you. Yeah. But it was a good meal. It was her birthday too. Yeah, it right. was her birthday. Right. So. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We so balled. It's worth it. Hell yeah. Toots worth it. Yep. Fuck yeah. So I thought something cool to share with the fans. Um, so there's different national holiday days throughout the year, like National Hot Day, Hot Dog Day, for example, or National Pizza Day, or whatever. You name it, there's probably a day for it. Mm-hmm. But I found a pretty cool website that goes into that stuff. And I think it's cool because, you know, sometimes we got to find joy in the little things in life uh, to help us release those positive, feel-good chemicals in our brains, find a celebration in every day if we can. Um, so today, actually, is National Chocolate Chip Day. Hey. It's also <laughs> National Nylon Stocking Day. See, okay. Okay. All right. Who comes okay. up with these? I know, All right. right? All right. I get the chocolate chip. You know, I know there's a yeah. National Plumber Day. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about the goddamn socks. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Who wears nylon stockings these days? I don't. I don't know. I think it's more of a female thing. Like, that's what our like, tights are. Like, if you wear, like, a skirt yeah, yeah, okay, or a but dress. when was the last time you wore the, stockings? A, a girl, never, because they're so uncomfortable. They, like, squeeze. Did you just refer to Joe's girl? Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> she was boys all day. Yeah, you guys call me one of the boys all oh, day. fair enough, so fair enough, fair enough. I'm going to go around and fair return enough. the favor. All right, all right. Um, it's also Peace Officers Memorial Day. I get that. Yeah. I get that. I get that. Yeah, for sure. And take your parents to the playground day. <laughs> I thought Again, that was so okay. funny. I could see me pushing my dad on a swing. <laughs> but this is a stocking one. It's like, why? Yeah. So what's, I don't a, know. what's a peace Dude, when officer? When you put on nylon stockings. A peace officer? Oh, I guess. I have to try them. To my knowledge, a peace officer are the people that go. It's literally like a volunteer <coughs> program in which they're able to go to different countries and take care of areas that are a little less... Almost like a Red Cross? Like, I guess you could say Like that. a volunteer? Yeah, like yeah. missionaries? Missionaries, yeah, that's a yeah. good word for it. Yep. That's my understanding of a peace officer, but I'm not entirely... Not a police officer. It's a peace a police. It's a peace, peace officer. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and to play off that, so tomorrow, May 16th, is Honor Our L- LGBT Elders Day. Uh, this recognizes the thousands of people in the community, the LGBTQ plus community, who have paved the way for access and social acceptance for other uh, LGBTQ plus members. And there's some pretty significant pivotal events that have happened and... Um, <clears throat> In, in that community and to help them gain more rights and contribute to feeling more socially accepted. So to go a little bit into history, in 1924, Henry Gerber established the Society for Human Rights. Uh, these were the first gay rights group in the United States. Wow. In 1969, the Stonewall Riots began in New York City. In 1970, what, what are the? Do you know what the Stonewall riots are? Like what? What happens? I don't. Sure, sure. No, I'm not entirely. I remember hearing or reading about it at some point in my in my past, but I'm not entirely sure. So yeah, if you guys want to um, check uh, into that, <clears throat> the Stonewall riots were a series of spontaneous demonstrations by members of the gay community in response to a police raid that began in the early morning hours of June 28, 1969, at the Stonewall Inn in the Greenwich Village neighborhood of Lower Manhattan in New York City. The dates were between June 28, 1969 and July 3, 1969. Okay. Huh. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. I do mention it a little further. 
into this, but um, I didn't say much about what they actually were. Oh, it was a gay bar. Yeah, like yes. yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yes, that's right. Cops was, came was, in to raid it, and they fought back, basically. Yes, I re- okay, yes, I remember that. Um, in 1973, the American Psychiatric Association, which we refer to in the field that I work in as APA, um, they're a very renowned association to help uh, with mental illness. They removed homosexuality from the DSM, which is the Diagnostic Statistics Manual. That's what we use to diagnose people with different mental illnesses and other diseases and disorders. So until 1973, to be a homosexual was, was considered psychotic and crazy. Yes. Wow. Yes. It was considered a mental illness. Ill. Yes. Yeah. A yes. mental illness. Sorry. Yes. A yes. mental illness. Yeah. Mental illness. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Good, I'm on it. Good call. I'm on it. <laughs> Sometimes we banter, and you know, it gets, right, right. It, it gets misconstrued. We're not meaning anything in any regard. Um, that is wild. It was only so, just 1973. Yep. Oh, wow. Yep. Being gay or lesbian is no longer considered a mental illness. <clears throat> and in 2004, Massachusetts became the first state to legalize same-sex marriage. Um, and of course, on June 26, 2015, <laughs> uh, the U.S. Supreme Court struck down all state bans on same-sex marriage, legalized it in 50 states, and required states to honor out-of-state same-sex marriage licenses. So before, you know, if you lived in a state in which it was banned, you had to go t- across uh, to another state to be able to marry somebody, <clears throat> your, your significant other and spouse. So these are the barriers that, you know, some of these individuals have faced in their life. Um, I do remember that day when mm-hmm. I woke up and I, on Facebook it was just like screaming this uh, this legalization of, of same-sex marriage. And I remember feeling like a, a breath of fresh air. Um, so I can't imagine what it was like for those that are part of the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, National LGBTQ Month happens in June to honor the Stonewall riots I had mentioned earlier. Um, and I was not aware that it was because of the Stonewall riots, but I thought that that was pretty cool that they continue to advocate oh. in that way. Because um, uh, I feel like, you know, Stonewall riots aren't something that they always share to us. And, you know, we had to look it up to see what, what they were. Yeah, so, yeah. To understand that history, to, to see, you know, where the people and the members of LGBTQ plus have come from. Um So the Pride Festival in Cleveland has been on hold due to COVID for the last two years, but they have announced their return this year on June 4th. Um, And so these are all the movements that will continue to change that so we can continue to move forward in a more positive way. Um, So today, too, we're going to focus a little bit on Theracakes. That's kind of our drive for today. And I had requested that the guys, the boys today, come up with some questions. Mostly Joe. <laughs> Joe, you did a phenomenal job. <laughs> I tried. I'm going to say that right now. <laughs> to ask so that people of the general population that might not understand mental illness or mental health, what, what it could look like. What are some questions that might come up for for the general population um, so that, one, you can under, you can feel like you're not alone, um, but also get some answers because I feel like it's not educated enough. Right. In my opinion, I don't. I never learned anything about mental illness in high school. No. And again, that was you know twelve years ago. But even in college, you know, I was always a, a self-aware person, so I was able to sort of seek out the resources I knew I needed. And also, being a mental health therapist, I've gone through a program which taught me a lot about myself. 
Um, and so I thought I would leave it up to you guys to come up with some questions uh, to see if we can... Are they in the okay order? Do you want me to switch them up or yeah, does it matter? Can, yep, you can do okay. whatever. We can go with do the flow. Do you want to take turns? <clears throat> so, uh, you know. I mean, I'll read my questions and if you guys have questions then... <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's like, I'm going to take credit for your shit, bro. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, just take the load off, I'm going to crack yeah. a soda. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. nice All right. Soda. Well, I, I'm i not going to lie. I did, I kind of used the internet a little bit for help. Real but nice I, I used the internet with, uh, then I kind of took it into my own words. Absolutely. Off of some of those questions yeah. and answers. I'm sure, Brian, you didn't even what? come up with a question. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do Don't it naturally. It. I'm going to do it naturally on the fly, dude. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, what are common occurrences of one's mental health? Is it caused by a chemical imbalance, or does it stem from past trauma? Oh, great Ooh. question. So, first things first, chemical imbalance is actually not really a correct term. Ooh, okay. And a lot of people say that. I even said that for the longest time. Right. What I have been taught and what I've been able to you know psychoeducate my clients about is that we don't really all have the same baseline for what a chemical imbalance would look like so arbitrarily let's say i have 10 serotonin in my brain and that's my threshold for being regular normal person neurotypical i like to use neurotypical okay but you have eight serotonin and you're you're fine at that threshold okay. you're okay neurotypically at that threshold so chemically imbalanced is different across the board if we're going to use that term. But it's Whoa. not, so it is not, it is an incorrect terminology to use Whoa. that. That got deep right off the rip, Whoa. dude. <laughs> yeah, so all of our oh, thresholds man. are different. So how I, how I would like to answer this question is, yes, it's due to both. This chemical imbalance that a lot of people know that, you know, know what that terminology looks like. Um, in my opinion, and in the in the research, well, not necessarily research, but in my um, experience, there is a genetic predisposition. We all have genetic predispositions for developing mental illness. So we all, to some degree, more than likely have some sort of mental illness in our line of the family, hmm. whether that be depression, schizophrenia, addiction-related, substance abuse-related, personality disorder related there's there's probably mental illness in a lot of the line of our family and then with that genetic predisposition we all perceive life differently so that's where the trauma comes in so trauma is on a is sort of on a spectrum what i might see as traumatic might not be what joe sees as traumatic or perceives as traumatic so whole two it's pretty traumatic what is it? Hole two is pretty traumatic for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's kind of that's kind of the basic explanation I think for that. We all have a genetic predisposition for mental illness. What that looks like depends, and then our past trauma or our, any history of trauma or current traumas. You know, you could be forty years old and experience a really significant trauma in your life and have essentially, you know, quote, a mental breakdown. Mm. You know, um, and and so it's again trauma's perspective, and so it varies. So, okay, interesting. Yeah. Okay, so so we're basically all wired this differently. Yep. 
And depending There's, how life throws us a curveball, we might react differently. Yes. Boom. Exactly. Name turns. Damn. Exactly. exactly. Boom. Exactly. <laughs> so chemical imbalance, I mean, it's... Every, no one has the same. What is the balance? What is normal? Exactly. There is no normal. Yep. So. Yeah, yep. There okay. is no neurotypical. Right. Not one person on this earth has the same brain so, as somebody else. I, so I, I got... What's the point of giving people drugs then if we're all... Like the same. I don't know if this is a question. No, that's a great question. Right? Yes. What's if we're all wired the same? What's the point of giving people drugs to fix it? I so guess you mean if we're all wired differently. Correct. Yes. The drugs would they level everybody out to the same level, or would it, or does it <clears throat> levels people out to a rougher, tighter window or right. something? Right. So that's a good question, and I want to disclose first: I am not a psychiatrist. I am not capable of prescribing any medication whatsoever. Nice. But in my clinical experience, this is what I've come to know. And also, you know, reading articles and working close with psychiatrists is that it's kind of trial and error. So a couple of months back, um, I was actually below my threshold for feeling like I was doing okay on a daily basis. So I went to my doctor and I was like, yo. I don't feel okay. I My body just does not feel energetic. I feel really on edge all the time. Um, you know, they did blood work and all this stuff to rule out blase blase. Well, they ended up prescribing me a small milligram dosage of Zoloft. It was literally the smallest dosage, and that's a SSRI. So it's a seroto uh, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, which that pill, that medication, um impacts the serotonin levels in my brain. I ended up having an overreaction to it. Remember that day we went to Dutch country and it was us three. We went to Dutch country. Oh, we were supposed to try to get breakfast. And we were yeah. running behind. Going golfing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and you, I you, had were, you were in a mood. Yes. Yeah. I had a, that was a panic attack, Ryan. Oh. I was having a fucking panic, atta panic wow. attack because I was taking Zoloft and it just, it, it sent me way Whoa. too above my threshold to where I almost felt, and for some people it's mania, for some people it's panic, for some people, it depends. It depends on the person. It depends. Yeah. So that goes to show you what that, you know, it, at face value, what that looks like. Mm. Um, and so, uh, I'm drawing a blank. Original question. Giving people drugs to fix their... Yes. Okay, yeah. So it, it depends. Okay. It's, it's kind of a trial and error. Because just because Zoloft didn't work for me doesn't mean it couldn't work for anybody that's dealing with the same shit so, that I was. So, like, the doc's like, all right, you have X, Y, and Z problems. We'll try this first, see how it does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Go yes. from there. And wow. the thing is, people don't advocate for themselves when they walk into the doctor's office with yeah. mental health medications, psychotropics. I Really important to mention. <clears throat> yes, or medical. Uh, even like, you know, let's say I go to the doctor and they say, you have high cholesterol, I'm going to give you Lipitor. It's like, well, why don't we change my diet up first to see if that helps? Or maybe yeah. I should quit smoking. Right. But some people are just pill pushers and they fucking give people medication without actually trying anything else first. Right, right, right. And it's like, medication doesn't fix the problem, it helps the problem. You have yeah. to go deeper than that. You have to change your diet. You got to exercise. You got to do other things. And therapy is one of them, Joe. You asked me some questions in there about therapy. Yeah. It's... Um, and so therapy is an adjunct to psychotropic meds, and not everybody needs psychotropic meds. Right. 
you know, it really just depends. And on, some people do. And yeah. some people do. You know, see, people. No brain have, is the same. Right? Yeah. And for some people who have severe mental illness, like I tell you, people who can't take care of themselves because they're so severely ill, paranoid, where they don't leave their house, you know, there's significant levels um, or, uh, you know, significant different levels of what that could look like. Um, definitely can um, benefit from benefit, from yeah, definitely. benefit from psychiatric meds. Huh. So it depends. <clears throat> yeah. So, I guess I'll just the next one I had. I guess kind of lead into it. <clears throat> is mental health just mood swings, or can it have a physical effect on your body? Great or- question. Um, so yes, mental health, mental illness can have a huge effect, physical effect on your body. So we call them psych- somatic symptoms. Somatic symptoms are somebody, I, I, I'm just going to throw out some examples here. A client came to me um, a little while ago, and he had such bad pain in his neck and head, he could barely lift up his one arm. So first things first, go to the doctor, get, a, get some sort of scan. We mm. got to rule out anything in your brain before I can, you know, move forward with this. I'll still, you know, we still met and we still did some therapy, but I, I made him essentially go get things ruled out. He ended up having nothing wrong whatsoever with his brain. His shoulder was fine. He had a little bit of a pinched nerve back here. So he started to go into physical therapy for that, but that was the extent of that. Mm. And he had headaches all the time. So we started working through, we started doing some more therapy, and um, and then his pain went away. He could lift up his arm above his head. He stopped getting headaches. So I, it's kind of hard to say whether or not physical therapy or this worked, but I think he only went to physical therapy a handful of times. And although, yes, that could have worked, and he still practices those exercises, he had the motivation to do that. Right, to fix Without it. coming to therapy, mm-hmm. he probably would have neglected his neglected going to the doctor to get what he needed to rule out what was happening right. with him. Wow. Right. And I, I provided him with a little bit of motivation. Like, mm-hmm. yo, you gotta take care of yourself, man. Right. If you wanna live. <laughs> like, And so, yes, there's somatic symptoms and people, too, have, like, GI problems. If they're constantly feeling high levels of anxiety, they're gonna have problems with their stomach. You and know? I would Imagine, also, and I would, I would say that along with even when you just think about depression. Tiredness and fatigue mm-hmm. is definitely a physical attribute. Absolutely. And being in that depressed state, I mean, you are just drained. Yes, all like, the time. Just... And it's like I can't explain this. Yeah. Yes. Is so, it your brain's just working overtime against you, or is it like it's almost a fight inside yourself? Yeah. It's messed up. So somatic symptoms, how I kind of describe it is, <coughs> people make themselves sick. They physically make themselves sick because of what's going on internally. Like, they think they're sick? Like, like they think they have a problem, but then it turns into a problem because they're thinking about it. That's kind of a different area. Okay. So, hypochondriasis is a very real thing. So, people say, oh, you're such a hypochondriac. It's really not okay to say that because there are actual people who have hypochondriasis. That's where I feel like my stomach is always hurting. The flip of the coin is, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Are you making yourself sick because you think you're sick, or are you actually sick and nobody's listening to you, so you're making yourself worse? Whoa. 
Yeah. yeah. It's, well. the, it's the chicken <laughs> or the egg there. So, yes, there's somatic symptoms and there's also... So, it's really important to get some medical shit ruled out before you just say, okay, yeah, let's let's work together on treating... Because I'm no doctor. Right. I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, yeah, yeah, take some Tylenol, you'll be fine. That's No. Right. You want to no. point in the right this direction. Per- yeah, this yeah. person's had headaches for months. That's not yeah. okay. Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, chicken or egg. It's kind of hard to tell there, but... Definitely, definitely uh, mm. part of the process is ruling out what those somatic symptoms are and why they're there. Well, hearing all the different <clears throat> types and different branches, I don't know if I would call it branches of mental health, but, I mean, depression and anxiety are the most common, but, I mean, I guess I mean, we did cover a lot, but what else is there? I mean, what, what constitutes mental health? Sure. Yeah, so there is a large spectrum of different mental health. Depression and anxiety are pretty common. But depression and anxiety are also broken down. So we know layman's terms, right? We know personality disorder. We know addiction, you know, substance use. If they're an alcoholic, we know anxiety. So we we have basic terminology that we use within our communities. But it, it's, it's more than that. So I'm going to break Whoa. down anxiety a little bit. So anxiety, you have generalized anxiety disorder. You have social anxiety. You have separation anxiety. You have post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, which is more of like a panic. You have panic disorder, and then you have adjustment disorder. So all of these are broken down even more than what is just is what we see in the community. So depression isn't just depression. Depression can be arbitrarily 10 different kinds of depression. Anxiety can be 10 different kinds of anxiety. It depends. It depends on what kind of symptoms the person is experiencing. So like agoraphobia, for example, that is being scared of something or like a, a, like an object. If, I, if I'm scared of spiders and it's not being like, oh my God, babe, there's a spider in here. Can you come kill it? That's not agoraphobia. Agoraphobia is like it gets in the way of you actually completing daily tasks. living skills right. and tasks. Right. That's how scared you are. Because if I was afraid to drive and I never wanted to get behind a wheel, that could impact me in doing my daily shit. Yeah. Of course, we have lots of resources out there, but, you know, like Uber or, or whatnot, but it's like, how much is that reinforcing my fear to drive? Mm-hmm. And and so, yeah, so spectrum of kinds of depression, spectrum of anxiety, you also have personality disorders, and I think that there's probably like 8 to 12 of those I'm just throwing, yeah. yeah. So we talked about uh, Johnny Depp's girl, right? Right. right? Um, she's got histrionic and borderline. That's just two of them. You have schizotypal, um, and you know, like I said, eight to ten others. Wow. So okay, so yeah. there's a lot. Yeah, and addiction, substance use disorders <laughs> too, uh, attention, hyperactivity, like ADHD. I'm be doing a lot of what? Wow. <laughs> That's what we do. Yeah. I actually have ADHD. So. You do, yes, mm. yeah. Huh. Well. Wow. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. We. I know we covered the, some of the drugs before, mm-hmm. but how does therapy therapy work? Personally, I have struggled with this in the past and can't wrap my head around how someone just talking to you can somehow fix or manage their brain. Sure. Yeah. So the misconception is that going to a therapist is going to cure you. Therapy is not a cure. It is not a cure. Psychotropic medication is not a cure. 
if you have a mental illness, that is something you will have to live with for the rest of your life. Yes, some things are situational, right? Seasonal depression in Northeast Ohio, we all go through that to where the season of six months of just fucking snow and cold and sitting inside can cause us to go through some situational depression. But people have chronic disorders too, like I was describing earlier, the severe mental illnesses that people can be diagnosed with. And it doesn't have to be chronic. There's three, it's on a spectrum in the DSM. So you have mild, moderate, and severe severe mild is two to three symptoms of any criteria moderate is four to five and i think chronic or severe is six and up i'm i'm throwing out these numbers off the top of my head so um but the information is out there uh so yeah there's uh, so the spectrum is there depending on the symptoms that you meet um again losing my losing my train of thought Original question. Um, what's how does therapy work? Yeah, how does therapy work? How does just talking to oh, somebody? Oh, the cure. Yes. <coughs> so it's not a cure. So you have to work on it for the rest of your life. And so, let's say a client comes with me and said, "I'm experiencing high levels of anxiety." It's like, okay, what does that look like for you? Because it looks different for everybody. My anxiety might look like different than yours. And they describe their symptoms to me. Well, eventually, sometimes you can find that it isn't actually anxiety that they're having um they're ha they might have panic disorder which is looks different they're having panic attacks or oh. post-traumatic stress episodes where they're getting triggered by something in their environment and they don't realize it so ultimately two things that i like to say about therapists and the one of the most two of the most important things that we can do is one help that person create a journey for themselves in which they become a better version of themselves. I wanted to say, if you were to ask me like what you do, because this is what I always thought, mm -hmm. is I like how you said it's like not a cure, because you got to deal with this for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. But essentially, you're like the world's best tour guide in their own brain. Or a cheerleader. Like right. They're trying to keep their spirits up and push yeah, them to try something different. It's like different. the best tour guide. Yeah. It's like helping you through. That's mm -hmm. why it's important. I think everybody should seek therapy for that reason because we all have struggles. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I really like that. And also it's about helping people become more aware. Mm -hmm. It's like we don't always know what's going on internally for us. And then a snap of a finger and we're triggered and we feel something happening in our bodies and it's like, what the fuck is that? And then before you know it, y you're drinking every single day to to mask it because you don't know what you're feeling or why you're feeling that huh. and just having somebody to break that down for you and, yeah and help you get through and what i think is an important part of therapy because i've gone to some before is good therapist in my opinion definitely like they're help guiding you getting you somewhere but they they don't necessarily give you the answer because they may not even know the answer and you may not know it yet so it's a real big part about self-discovery that you find in therapy and i feel essentially that's what people feels helps them so much because not only did the therapist help them get there but they discovered on their own also because mm -hmm. the therapist yeah. only knows so much right and therapy is a process brian i'm still learning shit about you and we've known each other for how many years? A long time. Yeah. Somebody's not <clears throat> going to walk into my office in three weeks 
know everything that they need to know about true. being better. Very true. I have there are clients that I've been seeing now for three years. There are clients that I've seen for a couple of months and they're like, Okay, I feel better. Guess what usually happens? You don't Six feel months later they come back. Right. I felt better but I don't anymore. Yeah. Well, why is that? You know, they want the answers to everything right now. And I'm not talking about, when I say they, I'm speaking just in general. People want that. Right. And it's unrealistic. I'm still learning how to be better. And and so trying to help somebody else do that. And I don't even think, like I said, that's why I think everybody could benefit from therapy. Because I don't think you necessarily have to have a mental illness to seek therapy. Everybody should just seek therapy. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, it wouldn't be a bad idea just to go talk, get, get some stuff off Absolutely. your chest. Absolutely, yes. You, it, that's a good point. Not everybody has to have a mental illness to seek therapy. We, we all go through our own shit. There's such a stigma around it, I feel, and there shouldn't be. Right. right. You want to know how many times people come into my office and they're like, oh, I, you know, I, I always, I was really hesitant about making an appointment because I didn't want to be crazy. It's like, oh, bro, you're not crazy. Right. You're struggling. That's okay. Right. We all fucking go through that shit. Huh. And that's where I try to disclose to the clients you know, depending on the therapeutic relationship, my own trials and tribulations. I'm human too. I've been through a lot of shit in my life and I, I like to open up and say this is what this is some these are some of the things that I've had to deal with too. And they're like, you know, that one helps connect, right? There's a connection there. But also lets them know like I I'm not like somebody who has an experience like the power dynamic. People think that they Sometimes can just come in and like wave a wand and you're better, mm. and it's it's more than that. It's right. so much more than that. Well, the next question kind of goes in with that because I know there's risks involved in some of the prescribed drugs, but are there any risks going to a therapist? Yeah, I, I saw that question. Um, absolutely, absolutely, there's risks. It's like going to a medical doctor. Mm-hmm. So you go to a medical doctor and say, "My heart's racing." I don't know what is happening. Well, they put you on, let's say they totally, uh, you know, example, um, you know, they put you on maybe an anti-anxiety medication, thinking, okay, maybe they're having panic attacks. That doctor, first of all, um, why are you prescribing them Xanax or something before you referred them out to a therapist? Right. Or That's just pill pushing at that point. Exactly. Or somebody comes in and says, you know, they get their, their high blood pressure. Let's say they have some high blood pressure and they prescribe a medication right away. That medication comes with side effects. Right. So then you run the risk of having maybe a really adverse side effect. And it's like that doctor maybe didn't spend enough time with that person. So, yes, there's absolutely risks going to a therapist. One, we're human, right? We make mistakes, too. Part of that is we know what questions to ask when things when things happen. So I've had clients before come into my office and they're suicidal. Whoa. Actively suicidal. Like they don't want to be here anymore. I have to know what to ask that client and I have to make sure that they're not a danger to themselves or others before make sure to the best of my ability that they're not going to leave and do something. So yes, there's an absolute risk. And if I, I have a really good instinct as far as like, it's called a gestalt feeling is what I like to call it. Um, is if something is telling you that something isn't right, try to get that person to go to the emergency department. It's not about 
making them feel like they did something wrong. It's about getting them the help and stabilized. Because hospitals, there's a stigma against psychiatric hospitals and stuff like that too, right. of course. But, and there's good ones out there and there's bad ones out there, but it's about getting them the help they need right now. Right. And see, and also, I, um, I'm not certified in um, certain, like EMDR. And let's say a client came to me and was like, I really want to get some trauma-focused therapy. EMDR is for trauma focus, um, for treating people who have uh, trauma-related uh, experiences. And it's not the only one, but it's one of the ones. And let's say they come in and they're asking for that. And I'm like, I don't do that, but we can definitely work on some trauma-related uh, processes. Well, then we get through that, we start going through that, and it's not helping them. I have to be ethically inclined to refer them out if I can't provide them with the appropriate services. And I can probably say some therapists don't. Now, would you refer them to a different therapist? Because would, would say you have person A with, and person B and C as the therapist. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I don't know, maybe they just can't open up to person B. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, but C, they feel more, maybe, I don't know how, like, I don't know if it's the That's office what... setting or the therapist and just how you come off. But, I mean, I, there's a, you're going to come off differently to everybody. Right. And some people you just might not click that's, with. That's yeah. right. And that's what I feel sometimes is a big risk in what you were saying. That's what mm-hmm. I was hoping Chelsea would come to that because Chelsea's has always told me, if you don't like your therapist after like one or two sessions, don't go anymore and get a new therapist. Yeah. And it that's is okay. very important. Like, if you got to go through six therapists, seven therapists, who cares? Find the person you mesh with. Right. And the thing is, though, that can feel discouraging. It's like, dude, I have saw, I've seen like three, three people so far. I've retold my story three fucking times. I'm exhausted. Right. So it's discouraging to continue that process. Yeah. But it is probably one of the strongest things or strongest suits or aspects of therapy is having a good therapeutic relationship. If you don't feel like it's a good fit, that's okay. That's totally fine. Try to move on. Ask for a different referral. I've had people, you know, in my past, I couldn't treat obsessive compulsive disorder. And I thought she was having more obsessive compulsive disorder with her thoughts. So, you know, the rituals, the physical rituals and acting on them are a little different than OCD of thought. They can be a little bit more different. And so I was attempting to do that. But I recognize her and I, she ended up stopping coming back to me. And rather than communicate with me that that's not what she needed or that I wasn't a good fit for her, she just stopped coming. And I felt bad for that. But I did everything in my power to continue to reach out to her. And then I ended up trying to help her find a therapist who was good or um, uh, not necessarily... More in that field? Yeah, yeah, more so in that realm of field. Right. And I, I hope she was able to find somebody. But we, you know, in our scope of... Pra- we can only practice within our scopes of practice. I can't go outside of that. Right. If I try to, it could be very, very uh, dirty waters. And I, do- I don't, you know, I and don't That's do why you're that. always learning as a therapist, man. You guys... <laughs> Yeah, Constant. always learning. Yeah. <coughs> okay. Um, 
Is there any age that one can develop a mental health disorder? Does it increase as one gets older? Okay, good question again. So different mental illnesses have um, different prevalence rates or different... Uh, what I mean by that is some mental disorders might be more common in middle-aged white males or some might be more common in teenage white females. It really depends on what it is. Yeah. So it depends on what mental illness you're talking about. Um, and 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 sure, it can increase as one gets older, but that that's not a uh, underlying aspect of mental illness, also, like getting worse or changing <coughs> or um, or whatnot. So like ADHD, for example, there are twelve yes. year olds who have ADHD. Mm. Absolutely. Can that be overdiagnosed in some points? Yes, yeah. oh, it yeah. can. <clears throat> if you have a five-year-old who is diagnosed with ADHD, are they? Is that the case, or are they hyper? Right, <laughs> five. Right, like, right exactly. Are you feeding them too much sugar, or right. are they a really ADHD? Right. right. And I'm not bashing other scopes of practice. Right. I don't have the capabilities of diagnosing ADHD because I'm not a psychologist and I cannot do that test. What I can do is if a client walks into my office and says, you know, my kid was diagnosed with ADHD two years ago, let's say they're 12 years old, it's like, okay, let's explore that because there's a lot of overlap in mental illness. So somebody that presents with, like, anxiety can also have, or somebody who comes to me saying they've been diagnosed with ADHD can also have a lot of anxiety-related symptomology. Hmm. So it's about getting to the bottom of it. Why do you feel these things? Why are you struggling to focus and this is why therapists are so important because kind of playing devil's advocate a little doctors are pressured to pill push psychiatrists are pressured to pill push in their practice and they don't get enough time with you as like a therapist does so the more time you could build with the therapist you could understand what's going on yes yeah so a psychiatrist you might see them for 15 20 minutes i sit with a client Usually for an hour on a weekly basis. Yeah. Again, the psychiatrist, 15 hour or fifteen minutes, 15 to 20 minutes every, maybe once a month. And then every, then it'll go. So it's in very maybe important to still three seek months. your therapy. Yes. Yeah. We are the biggest advocates for our clients. I've advocated for clients in a million different kinds of ways. And medication can definitely be one of them. Is, you know, if I feel like a client might, you know, it's it's up to them to change what they do and open a line of communication with their psychiatrist. But part of it is helping the client advocate for themselves when they're in there with their psychiatrist. Mm. I can't tell them what medication they can or can't be on or what the doctor can, should and shouldn't be prescribing them. But just, you do, dude, talk to your doctor. And if they don't, if you don't feel like they're listening to you, you gotta either change your doctor get a second opinion or you know be more assertive in that line can you make i i do have a side question sorry joe Mm -hmm. can you make referrals to the psychiatrist on the patient's behalf Mm -hmm. like suggestions correct yeah yeah and and i would advocate for that right because like if you feel a certain way you know the psychiatrist knows your profession and you know, you're well-educated enough to know certain things. So right, yeah. it would be like, yes, I agree with your therapist. This is something we need to so look into. So I can't make a referral or recommendation on medication. Mm-hmm. What I can do is say, 
you've been diagnosed with ADHD in the past and you've been on ADHD meds for years. Is it helping? Yes or no, right? It's a conversation with my client. And it's like, dude, it kind of sounds like you're having levels of anxiety. Not to say you don't have ADHD, but maybe something, a different medication could potentially be, um, I, you know, no, I don't even, I don't even say that because that's out of my scope of practice. I'm thinking of the thoughts in my brain. It's about, have you ever talked to your doctor about what it, what it would look like for you to be, to have anxiety? Would medication look different for you? It's really just opening a line of communication between me and them to have with their doctor. Right. But I can't make any recommendations right. per se. Like, if I say... I think you should be on this. You can't do that. <laughs> absolutely not. No. Well, when they go to the psychiatrist, like, do you give them notes? Like, hey, I've met with this person so many times. We talked this. You know, this is what I've seen in the person. See what you see in the person. <laughs> and if, if our things match up. And then if the psychiatrist sees something else... Does the psychiatrist communicate with you so then you can work with them when they see you every week? That's a good question. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. The it's thing really is, frustrating when now. It is really frustrating because the time and effort and energy I put into my clients, some other mental health clinicians don't. Mm -hmm. Treating professionals, right? So psychiatrists, like I was saying before, 15 to 20 minutes maybe once a month, maybe every other month, maybe three times a month, depending. Mm. That's how often they see this patient. And and so mm. it's it's not there is coordination of care and there can be coordination of care. But one, our clients have to sign a release for that to even happen. Mm -hmm. I can't just talk to, you know, Joe Schmo over here about any any patient just because we have a mutual patient. Um so, are there practices where there's the therapist and the psychiatrist? They have one at their facility. Yes. So, like, they go see your psychiatrist, or do you still have to sign a release to, for the psychiatrist to talk to you? If we work under the same building, yes. So, if we work in the same building, or same under practice, the sa or right? Something, yeah. Under the same practice, <clears throat> not necessarily. However, it depends. So, I always do it. Okay. Sign this, and let, I want you to know I am going to be coordinating care with your psychiatrist. If you have any reservations for that, you let me know. Yeah. You can never be safe. Or, too you can safe. never be too safe. Right. Yeah, you can too never safe. be too safe. Right, I got you. <laughs> Always sign a release. What is the difference between a psych uh, psychiatrist and a therapist? So a psychiatrist has the capabilities. Their schooling is a lot longer than ours. They're the doctors. They, yeah. Right? The doctorates. Right. Okay. The doctors they have, and, yeah. They have they're the, the actual MD, I guess. In some regard, yeah. They have the capabilities of prescribing medication. In the mental health world. Right, yeah. right, right. I cannot prescribe medication okay. whatsoever. Okay. I can barely give psychoeducation about certain meds. I just provide psychoeducation to my clients about why it's important to talk about meds with their doctor. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. It's like, dude. Yeah. And I know medication. I have a very good foundation, a very good knowledgeable foundation of different med medications. And it's like, sometimes I hear my clients and, and the conversations they have with their doctors and I just want to rip my hair out. <laughs> it's like, really? Huh. This is this is what's happening. Or I have kiddos that walk into my office and, you know, not to say that some of the shit that they've gone through isn't, you know, if they do have ADHD, fine, but they've been on, like, I have, like, an eight-year-old 
now not eight. He's a couple years older than that. He was prescribed antipsychotics when he was a fucking child. I don't understand that. You gotta be kidding me. Right. Antipsychotics? Right. Dude. I don't understand that. Like, I get I get it. Like, if kids have ADHD or whatever, and like, why, why prescribe them pills at such a young age? Yeah. Why their not brains try are and, still developing. Right. Get them into something that they're interested in. Let them go crazy in it. Yeah. Right. You're better off yes. with that. Get a fucking trampoline. Right. Let them bounce around on right. that for a couple right. of hours. Right. Just, don't just fucking dope them up and just... Yeah. Later. Yeah. And to be fair, I don't know the extent of why or reasoning why that doctor prescribed right, them antipsychotics. Right, right. But to be honest with you, in my clinical experience, I've never seen, to, seen a reason why it was okay to prescribe an eight-year-old an antipsychotic. That's so weird. Like, that's a wild. strong drug to give an eight-year-old. That's that just is. wild to me. Yeah. And the, and the fact that the parents were okay with it, I'm, I'm even like, come on, dude. He's, fu- he's fucking eight. Yep. Well, the that's is, the other biggest challenge therapists right. have, especially with kids. Right, yep. right. It's working with the parents. and, and the Parents some, will just take whatever the doctor says because they don't yeah. know. And then... And how, imagine how stressful it can be to have a child who is not mentally well and right. not know how to deal with it. Right. Okay, maybe this will work. Maybe that'll work. Maybe, and at the, you know, at the end of the day, they're trying their absolute hardest, right? Oh, yeah. Those parents are trying their absolute hardest. And they've probably tried 15,000 different ways to get to help their child. And it just feels hopeless. It's about the parents following through, honestly. Right. Help our therapists. Yeah. Let them give like some when work. I, when I give you, <laughs> when I give you, like, an idea of what to do with your child, do, do it. it with your child. Right. Bottom line. Yeah. I, I can't help what's going on in the home, but this is my experience, and this is what I'm telling, what I've seen work. You can't not follow through and expect things to change. So True. It's all yeah. the follow through. It's all about the follow through. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Well, is mental health detectable in people? I know a lot of people try to hide it. For example, we always hear about a young teen committing suicide and everyone around them are confused as they were so happy, but they had stuff hiding inside or building inside without getting help they need. And the only thing they could think of was to end their life. So mm-hmm. is it detectable? Like how, how, like how can we I think, help this? I I want to give you a little answer because Ooh, you we experienced, I, we had a kid like this in our school, kind of like, you know, Names that come to mind is like Robin Williams, right? We saw him always mm-hmm. on screen, happy all the time, mm-hmm. everything else. He was a great man and struggled with depression very badly. In my experience, it's very hard to see. But in this kid specifically back in my high school, what you did notice is he was an amazing guy. He was funny. He always hung pe- out with people in school. Everything else was in sports. Outside of that, that kid had no life but school. Like, I don't know what was going on in the home life completely or anything else, but I think a sure sign is, like, if you don't see people out and about outside of the have-to-be social places, mm-hmm. something's going on. Well, it, I, I appreciate that answer, but it's also dependent on the person. Somebody mm-hmm. could totally be fine living that kind of life. Mm-hmm. Right. So, Joe, to answer your question, no, there isn't any detectable mm-hmm. certain way. Because, again, going back to the original, our, all of us are different. We all have different brains. We all have different personalities. We all, we all are different, bottom line. And, and so what, look, what might look like 
obnoxious to some people might just be might be somebody being manic right and so it really it depends it really depends on the individual it depends on what's going on internally for them it again depends on the trauma they've experienced it depends on any sort of brain chemical stuff going on in their in their and also brains a, a trigger for everybody is different too so something really either big or small could happen in your life and it just changed everything for mm-hmm. you and mm-hmm. you just head south in the next two weeks mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. happens yeah. to people yeah yeah. It, yeah so there is really no real detectable way are there certain things in our in in our friends and family's lives that we can lives that we can do to try to you know negate as much as possible people following through on completing suicide or acting out when their mental illness is not like when it's manifesting at its fullest absolutely number one always check in with your loved ones always and it's not about like hey what's up dude how you doing it's about like how are you doing are you doing okay what's going on in your life Cause that okay, I guess that all this is gonna kind of go inside with the next two. I'll just rip off the next two and we'll just okay. discuss it. It's like, how can we as individuals better understand mental health and look out for the subtle clues in someone's life? And how would the average person reach out to a friend mm-hmm. that they see struggling? And depending mm-hmm. upon that answer, though, um, can an individual notice a problem in another person without the person realizing they may have a problem? Sure, sure. That, no, to. Yeah, they those definitely kind of um, flow off of each other. Uh, Ryan, what the it's fuck? It's fucking are you? hot, dude. It is warm it's in here. Hot up in here. <laughs> um, so again, back to the subtle clues. Uh, sometimes they're they're not so subtle, and sometimes they are. Sometimes they're not even there. Um, and ch- check in with your friends. Check in with your friends, your families, your loved ones, whoever you care about. Just genuinely check in. Just say, you know, how are you? Me and my colleague, my supervisor, Christy, make it a point 100% of the time, at least once a week. Me and Chelsea even, too. How are you doing? Hmm. Literally, just like, how are you doing? What, what's what been going on with you? Is everything flowing okay? Are you feeling good? Like, what's going on? We genuinely check in. Hmm. You know, it's it's more than just the, hey, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. You know, the, the passerby shit. Right. It's so much more than that. Um, and if you, if you see somebody, if something, usually because we're human and we're pretty, we're pretty instinctual people, if something feels off about somebody, you know, let's say it's not what the, their norm is, you know, that person's norm. Let's say they seem a little bit more glum one day than they usually do. That's that's a good sign to say, okay, that's weird. What's going on with that person? And and go and go thoroughly check in with them, even beyond what don't, you might have Don't in be the past. scared to ask how someone feels. It's one part I love about my job and as the podcast does and everything else, I'm a salesperson for AT and T. And one that is one part I like about my job when when um, someone comes in and they're like pissed off about something or upset or frustrated. It may not even, you know, have anything to do with their cell phone or anything, just something going on. I'll just ask them. You know, I'll be like, hey, how's your day going? Oh, not so well. Well, some people get awkward in that situation in the sales environment. They're just like, oh, kind of on to the next subject or whatever. But no, I'll just ask them. I'll be like, why? What happened? Is everything okay? And then they'll go into it all. They just unload it on me. Mm -hmm. And it feels awesome. Because 
then they get whatever they get or I sell them whatever mm-hmm. they sell and then they leave so happy. They're just mm-hmm. like a completely different person when they leave that yep. door and I'm like, I help that guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Body uh, language is another good one. Um, those are kind of the, the context clues that I think is important to take, take into consideration. If somebody is, you know, sitting up straight is, is a pretty good sign that people... And it depends on the person, of course. But sitting up straight, right? What do you see? When when I'm sitting up straight, what does that look like? Confident. I'm okay. I'm doing Positive. okay. That's mm-hmm. confidence right there. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Belly oh, out. Oh, yeah. Down. No, yeah. Keep, keep oh, it. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Post this on the set. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, you got the shades down. Yeah, bro. Oh confidence. Oh yeah. Smooth as soup. Smooth Check out the Instagram to see what confidence looks like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's just toasty. <laughs> oh yeah, very <laughs> that body toasty. language. Uh, and like, let's say I'm sitting and you know I'm sitting like this and my head's down and I, I'm just kind of looking around, you know, doing my own thing. What does that look like? That looks sad. Not confident. Uncomfortable. Something's off. You're not feeling it today. Hung- yeah, maybe hungover. <laughs> that could be. You know, that definitely. And that's why, you know, time time tells, too. So if somebody does that one time, mm. you know, still check in with them. But it could just be the, be the mood they're in that day. It doesn't mean that they're going to go home and complete suicide. Or Everybody needs suicide. to talk to people more, man. Yeah. Everybody, you know, I try to do it with random strangers as much as I can. Granted, it's also because of my job. But, like, if more people just, like, saw somebody and just walked over and be like, hey, how are you doing? Hey, I don't know who you are. I'm just, you know, wondering how you feel, man. What's up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, just in a positive, nice, nonchalant way. Like. Right. Absolutely. Cool. Um, now, is it, how would you confront a person if you see something? Like, I mean, could you, like, hey, you know, it's, how, how do you recommend it to somebody getting help? Like, you see someone who's been really down and you're just, you're not quite, like, that can be tough. Right. Yeah. Right. That's that's. So again, sometimes you you don't want to you don't want to step on anybody's toes. You don't want to cross a line when it's not your business per se. Mm. So it's really about opening up that line. So let's say Ryan, I noticed a little bit, but it's it's not about telling somebody's unsolicited advice. We all know what that feels like. Right. Right. It's about like let's say I felt something was off with you, Ryan, and. And I was like, you know, and I really wanted to try to get to the bottom of it. I would just come up and talk to you. Mm. And ultimately, because you and I have a good relationship and a friendship, it would it could turn into, mm. well, you know what, man, I know some good therapists. If you ever want to talk to somebody or if you ever want to get some stuff off your chest because I know life's been shit for you lately and I'd really like to help you out. Or mm. ask them questions. That's yeah. what helps yeah. with me a lot. Yeah. Like if someone's, like you said, I think it's important to get... Like, if that's your objective, like your question, if that's your objective, I think it's important that you rapport build first with the person. And if you, you'll know based off your knowledge, if that person opened up to you enough to where you can technically maybe suggest advice or ask a question like, hey, have you thought about seeing a therapist? Mm-hmm. Well, no, I think, well, you know, I actually know one that may not be a good bit for you, but she may know a couple, you know, just, but in order to get to that part first, you have to report build, and that person has to be willing to open up to you mm-hmm. before you can yeah. even state that. Some stuff is out of our control, and that is that is something that I've learned as a therapist and as a human a, a person myself. There are a lot of things out of our control. 
This goes back to the serenity prayer that I mentioned a couple weeks ago on Theracakes. <clears throat> Accept the things we cannot change, the courage to change the things that we can, and the wisdom to note the difference. There's a huge... So important. So important. So important. I can't control if, you know, Joe's going through something and he doesn't seek help. What I can control is what I do for Joe and how I'm mm. there for Joe. That's it. And that's the hardest part of your job, I feel. What, not being able to control anything? Yeah. Right. Because it's like yeah. nine times out of ten, I wouldn't say every single time, but it <coughs> feels like you pretty much know the answer of what this person should be doing in a daily routine to help them, correct? Sometimes. I be, Maybe I also not all the, the person time. Right, 100%. exactly. But when someone doesn't want to take that advice or ask your help, it's, it's got to be very frustrating, yeah. I would assume. Or at the end of the day, even very hard. If someone, say, does do something to themselves or something, that's got to hit you really hard. And at the same time, knowing that I really did everything I possibly could for this person. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. You know, a couple, this is probably about two months ago, We I ended up losing a client. Um, he was in trouble with the law, and he was looking at at least a five-year prison sentence. Um and he used to be an addict, um, pretty much did anything under the sun. You name it, he probably did it. Hmm. And he ended up um, going down, uh, going back to his uh, home state to uh, for the trial or for part of the pre-sentencing investigation, and he died. He took, he took, um... He overdosed, essentially, oh, is what wow. happened. <clears throat> yeah, it definitely um, sucks. So that was probably, that That was one of the things, since I've been a clinician in the field, that hit, that hit me. That was one of, that was one of the things. Because this guy was amazing. He had been sober for over a year. He always <coughs> made it a point to come up to my office and check in with me to see how I was doing. Mm. And, wow. and then he dies. That's wild. It was, yeah. Yeah, that's that's right. Um, yeah. So yes, it is one of the hardest things. However, um, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage that they change the things that I can, and the wisdom of the difference. No matter how much I <coughs> tried to teach that client. What was that? <laughs> right, what was that? dude. What was that? Ryan. What? Seriously, bro. What? Dude. Hey, man, y'all let him out, man. I don't know if that picked up or not, but we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) It won't be that bad, I promise. Oh, man. Yeah, no matter how much I can be there for a client or process with the client or help the client, the client is that person. Right. You you could open the door for them, but you can't make them walk through. Yeah. Right. I, I always use that, you know, I can take a horse to the river water, to the water right i can't make them drink yeah. and that's that's really as simple as i can make it yeah and that's the other part of mental health is i i remember chelsea coming home and getting frustrated with me because she's had quite quite a few of these clients and sometimes that breakthrough moment is so hard because sometimes you're corner pointed or have to go you know or you maybe go on your own recognizance and you are not choosing to accept the help. Like, mm-hmm. it's just extremely frustrating for Chelsea when it's like you're wanting help, but you're refusing to help yourself. I can't help you, man. Yep. And that's that's really it tough. It is the bottom line. Stage of change. Yeah. You're in denial. 
you're in pre-contemplation, contemplation, action, or maintenance. So, like, they show up and they're just being a complete asshole, basically. You're telling them that you got to probably try and do this, this, this. They're like, no. See, the thing is, if somebody mm. came in and they were in denial, I wouldn't even tell them what to do. Mm. I would just sit yeah. there and listen to what they had to say. Okay. Those are those are those ones that are like fun for her. Those are like and to be battles. Do you, you like those? I do. <laughs> yeah. Because you know what? I have Why do you I have that created <laughs> I have watched clients who literally came from gangs change. Huh. I don't want to live that life anymore. Or they they're like, I don't have a problem. I'm good, bro. I'm totally fine. Okay, bet. Right. And we go at it. That's kinda and cool. Months later it's like Totally fucking different person. Huh. And that takes that's that takes therapy but skill right there. So 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 you like doing that. I guess what's a uh, what's a challenge for you, I guess, being in the field? All of it. All of it. So yeah, the, it is challenging yeah. just because it's something that I enjoy doing. The only reason I enjoy doing I don't enjoy it because it's a challenge. I enjoy it because that person deserves so much better than life handed them. Right, you changed a life. They deserve yes, yes, they deserved so much more. A lot of these clients, you know, that was their lifestyle. They grew up in really urban areas in Cleveland, well, you know, just being real with that in Cleveland, and they literally watched their family members sell drugs, do drugs, be drugs. Their life was drugs and yeah. gang and, and gang banging. And then after that, it's like they realize, they don't realize how exhausted they are until they're fucking so exhausted. It's like, I can't do this anymore. Mm. I cannot fucking do this anymore. But they don't know what to do right. otherwise. So they end up catching a federal charge. Gary, don't be mad at me if you're listening to this. I'm using catching as a as a layman's term. Um, <laughs> um, they end up catching a federal charge. They end up doing some prison time. Well, or not doing prison time, whatever that looks like for them. And and they end up getting referred for therapy. And it's like, wow, what is this? And then it changes. Like, their whole dynamic about themselves and the world changes. Because they were able to, you know, they've experienced shit. I have never known so many people to experience, and of course, trauma's on a spectrum. But right. trauma, you want to fucking talk about trauma? Holy fuck. Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. Talk to a gangbanger. They don't know it yet, but it's trauma. It's fucking trauma. It's right. crazy. Wild. Wow. Yeah. Well, my next question was definitely already answered. It's mental health curable. There's just something you have to learn to deal with, with and live your life with it. And yes. So we don't have to go into depth on that mm -hmm. one again. Mm -hmm. And I guess the final question for everyone out there, like to get help, do health insurances cover mental health or what programs are there to help people? What, what, if someone, insurance is real wacky. If someone is like, okay, may, maybe I should go talk to somebody. What? What's out there to help them? Sure. So, yes, insurances do cover mental health services most of the time. What they reimburse and what the co-pays look like vary, very crazily. crazily. To where so, it might as well not be insurance for mental health. Yeah. Wow. I mean, not a lot. It depends, too, because COVID changed a lot of things in mental health. Tell you health. what, this is what's messed up by the industry. I don't care what anybody says. This is how I feel. Get this em. is my personal opinion. Get them. But... If you want your insurance to pay for it, get pills. Because guess what? They'll pay for it then. That's how messed up the system is. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but don't say that. I know. I'm not saying to do so, that. And that's but. the thing. is People 
so medications. That's what's messed up about it, though. Okay, psychotropic medication is can be more reinforced and paid for uh, versus like mental health therapy, like a therapeutic appointment. <clears throat> but like again, you can't trade one for the other. You can't. You can't at all. You can't take medic psychotropic meds and not get therapy and expect things to always be okay. Right. And vice versa. It's it, depending, depending on the person. I just feel with the insurance, it's messed up. It's like, how mentally ill are you? Do we have to pay for this? And it's, I, it's not even that. Yeah. It has nothing to do with how mentally ill the person is. Right. It's whether or not your insurance company wants to pay for it. Right. And so, yes, it is fucked up. That's it is very, yeah. there's a lot of barriers. Right. No, I don't understand how, how you want to go get help and your insurance is like, mm, You got no. a $200 copay for right. that. Right, yeah, it's sorry. It's like, okay, no, who is going to do that? It's, okay. In addition to that, though, there are a lot of agencies and practices offer sliding scale rates. Yes. So I have clients that, you know, couldn't afford what their insurance was making them pay for a copay, and I can... And if I was able to, fitting my schedule and fitting what I'm allowed to do as a practicing clinician, I was able to accommodate that. And we're always willing to try to accommodate our clients who need help. That's how at least my practice works. Can I speak for all other practices and clinicians? No. But uh, a good program or an, uh, an alliance out there is National... Uh, Alliance of Mental Illness, that's NAMI. Um, find your local NAMI and get involved. I, I swear to you, there will be a million things that you can get involved in. They have groups all over, um, and, and if you're not a group person... A lot of jobs do offer stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Like my job, like my insurance, even if I just wanted to go to therapy, is pretty high. But my work program, EAP, Employee Assistance Program, offers mental health programs so look into those things reach out to the neighborhoods there's so many programs all over the place and that's probably why to counteract the insurance problem with it i appreciate the eaps i do yeah but sometimes and more than not they're limited they are they will pay for eight sessions yeah like three a year or something right or they'll pay for six sessions and then after that you have to pay for yourself what are you getting through with a therapist in six sessions? Nothing. Probably not much. And there's a lot of therapists out there that are like either fresh out of school or ending school, starting up their own practices. You can find stuff like that on like sites like Angie's List, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. you can look all over. For yeah, that's a great point too, babe. Yeah. So with Psychology Today is another good resource in your area. It, you can do uh, uh, zip code searches and stuff. But another thing is too... Our field is growing so quickly that there are more than not interns at the agency you're seeking out help. If you reach out to an agency and they're like, your copay would be 40 bucks and you can't afford that right now. Or your copay would be 90 bucks and you can't afford that right now. Be like, do you guys have any interns on site that I can maybe process and work with for right now? Just because they're an intern doesn't mean they can't help you and doesn't mean they're not educated to get you the help that you need. Huh. Because people think, oh, an intern, I don't want to work with an intern. I don't know how much pushback I got when I was an intern. (laughs) And it's like, I get it. Right. I wholeheartedly get that. It's not about the education. That's about the person. Mm -hmm. Try it out, my dudes. Try it. I don't know. In my personal opinion also, I think it would be nice to see an intern (coughs) because they are fresh off the press. Right. So it's like this person's pretty up to date on all their stuff right Right. now. But they don't think that more than not, interns are young. Right. And 
then it's, well, I'm 40 and you're 20. You can't help me. Not true. I have a 65-year-old client and he's doing great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that goes like back with when we were talking about Cheyenne when she was doing her clinicals. I mean, Uh she's doing the job of a nurse but as a clinical, I mean, she's yes. not, I mean, that's essentially an intern. Right. Yeah. Her yeah. clinical, she's a fancy name for an intern. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's doing, when she comes in to do all the nurse yeah. work, I mean, she's yeah. doing everything. So, yeah. I mean, I don't, sure. Yeah. And think about it. How do you think we get the experience? We practice. Right. right. We fucking practice it. Somebody's got to give us the practice. And it's not about you, anybody being guinea pigs here. Not at all. Right. Because mm-hmm. people are probably, might jump to that conclusion. Oh, yeah. It's not about that. It's about giving somebody a chance. If they're not good for you, fine. That's okay. Nobody's going to be able to speak up for you. You have to speak up for yourself in that regard. Especially whether that's your first or sixth therapist. I mean, even going to that person and finding out that's not a fit for you, you're starting to know your realm a little better anyway. So it's still helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A story that I love to tell, and maybe, maybe we can end it on this note. So I saw, I've been seeing a client at my agency since I was an intern, um, a younger woman, she's got a family and she's, she's not without going into too much deal. She's had a lot of trials and tribulations in her life. Um, her husband is not a citizen. And so he had the possibility of getting deported and they have three children here in the United States. One of the saddest stories I've ever heard in my life. Um, And she came to me seeking out help for her daughter who was showing some behavioral issues. And so I met with the whole family. I was like, all right, that sounds good. And after I'm meeting with the whole family, I go, you know what, Mom? I'm going to meet with you. I'm going to continue to meet with you for a while and see how it goes. I've been seeing her for three years. Wow. <laughs> That's cool. It was incredible. Yeah. And her and family like, is doing fine. Right. The kids are doing okay. Of course, some of their teenager one of her one of them are teenagers, right? They're gonna be a teenager a little bit, but one of the, I don't know, that's why I do my job. Yeah. Right. That's exactly why I do right. my job. Right, she came seeking help from her daughter and then found out I'm the one who needs help. Right. Yeah. And it's not always the case, right? We gotta keep in mind, you know, it depends. Um but just to provide support for somebody who's like, I needed help for somebody else, but I ended up getting it myself, and three years later, it's still right. going strong. Like, that's an inc- that's incredible. That's so incredible. <clears throat> so, needless to say, I think after all of this, uh, don't be afraid to ask for help, guys. It's okay to ask for a little bit of help. Therapy, reach out to NAMI. There's suicide hotlines everywhere. Check in with your friends. Check in with your friends. Your family. family. Mm-hmm. Everybody you know. Yeah. Even random strangers who do it all the time, I'm telling you. It's yeah. awesome. Just yeah. a simple hey. What's yeah. up? Yeah. Well, you've definitely opened up my mind. Yeah. Blew, blew I really my appreciate mind. all of your questions, Joe. They were such good questions, and I hope... Those were very good questions, very, yes, I came up with plenty of questions, too. Yeah, no, great questions. I think that you nailed all of the um, huge aspects of mental health right on the head. I couldn't have come up with a better list of questions to ask me, <laughs> and I'm in the field. So I really appreciate you asking all of yeah, those. No, they were no. incredible. You asked, I'll provide. Sure. <laughs> well, thank you, Chelsea, for your knowledge, and hopefully we opened up some minds 
of our viewers out there and you know you all reach out and ask for help and talk to friends and you know we are all a fam jam i mean mm -hmm. we all we're all a fam so absolutely you know reach out and you know send us your 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 i don't know if you have cool moments on weekends or something like t take a picture and tag us absolutely we'll paint it on sunday and we'll yeah. see it you know oh, yeah mm -hmm. um and we're gonna i'm gonna try to start uploading a little bit better to youtube and maybe slamming some pictures in the youtube stream and stuff like that mm -hmm. like of our golf outings and stuff like that so but uh check us out on youtube we are pancakes on sunday um email us at pancakes on sunday morning at gmail.com twitter is at pancakes on sunday and so is facebook and instagram is pancakes on sunday morning uh, we'll throw a couple of our pictures up there from our golf and ryan's confident stance of confidence yeah. so he's he's Just waiting to see what confidence looks like <laughs> <laughs> i drip it oh my gosh oh, yeah. so hit us up on our socials and you know thanks guys for tuning in and we hope you enjoyed this episode of pancakes on sunday later oh, yeah, later you're the best